something that men know about women. And, it, and I said, it would probably be the shortest message in history. But I did bring a book. It's uh, Understanding Women. A guidebook for guys who are often confused. And how many has ever known that guys probably stay confused most of the time? And uh, now I'm going to auction this book off after the service. For some of you young guys that have a hard time, uh, you know, getting connected with girls, have a hard time picking them up, have a hard time keeping them. A lot of guys don't have any problems sometimes getting them. Uh, they just have a hard time keeping them. Well, there's a reason why girls leave you. <laughs> I'm going to start at about 50 bucks. This is a great book, okay? Now, just chill out just for a little bit, okay? I'm not Joel Osteen, so, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you think, well, I wish I would be like other preachers. I'm just going to be myself, all right? And I believe church is a place where you can laugh. Uh, if he's not, he wouldn't have made me the way I am. I have this twisted sense of humor, and uh, sometimes it comes out. Now, we know this is the man's church, and uh, we give girls a chance to talk every once in a while. We're celebrating mom today, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the, have I got two strikes against me already? Dear Jesus. God has a sense of humor, too. How many knows that? He create, now, to get this, he creates man and woman, two opposites, unites them in a relationship, and then says, go become one. Someone said, uh, well, what about the battle of the sexes? Well, it started 6,000 years ago in the garden, and it's, and it's not over. <laughs> the only way, now men, listen up, the only possible way uh, for you to make it is to get a little education when it comes to the opposite sex. You need to buy some books and study, not just the Bible. You need to read some good stuff by people that's been ahead of you. Now, for those of you who are single, uh, you have to start with pickup lines. All you single guys, listen up. It's not your looks that's going to get them. It's certainly not your looks because all of you are ugly. <laughs> Someone said, how did you get a woman that good looking? I, I said, I got her drunk. <laughs> Works every time. Oh, come on, lighten up, okay? We haven't always been saved. You know your wife had mercy on you. That's the only reason she married you. Mercy. She felt sorry for you. She knew she couldn't get any, you couldn't get anybody else. It starts with pickup lines, okay? Uh, if you see a girl you're interested in, you need to write this down. Now, a lot of you guys don't journal my messages, but you guys, some of you guys need to journal this one, okay? You got to have some pickup lines. Here's some things that won't work. Hey, let's go out and you can buy. That is not going to work. <clears throat> I mean, here's another one. I just got out of the big house on parole and I don't have any money. And I was hoping to find someone to take me out and buy me something. Now, that, that's not going to work. You're destined to stay single the rest of your life. 
All right, here's another one. If we got married, do you think our kids would look more like me or you? <laughs> That's a definite way of not getting married to anybody, especially if they thought their kids were going to look like you. You're destined to go through life alone if you don't come up with some good stuff in order to just pick up a woman. Now, here's some lines at work. It works for me. See that brand new red Porsche over there? It's yours if you go out with me tonight. That'll work. That, that will get you the girl you said that to and her girlfriends too. I think Porsche is a two-seater, isn't it? Oh, here's another one. Hey, I've got $10,000 burning a hole in my pocket, and I think I'm just going to go crazy and spend it all today. You want to go help me? That'll get them. That'll get them every time. Some of you women are thinking right now, I wish my husband had told me that one. I thought he had 10 grand, but he lied. <laughs> hmm. You also have to learn to interpret what a woman is saying. After you get them and you start the relationship, you have to understand uh, a woman's language, okay? Uh, for instance, whenever she says, I don't care where we go to eat, what she is really trying to say to you is, I know exactly where I want to go. Let's play a fun guessing game and see if you can read my mind. <laughs> see, you have to learn how to interpret, you know, you're wired different. And, and don't fall for that one, uh, where you want to go eat. Oh, anywhere is fine with me. Don't believe that. When she says, you come out of your bedroom and she says, are you going to wear that? What she is really saying is, you look like a dork. <laughs> now get back in there and chained into something that matches. You got to interpret. You got to interpret what they're saying, okay? If she says to you, do I look fat in this dress? Don't fall for that. Don't dare answer that the way that she's asking it. What she's actually, actually asking is for a compliment. And so you lie like a black dog. You look terrific in that. If you don't learn to lie a little bit, you can get in trouble. I like that commercial where Abraham Lincoln's wife comes out, says, does this make me look fat? You know, he was known as Honest Abe. And then, so she comes out in that commercial and she says, do I look fat in this? And he's going, um... <laughs> well, she gets mad anyway. When she says this, here's a real clue. When she says, do you know what today is? Oh, my Lord. You better be careful how you answer this one. It means you've either forgot an anniversary or a birthday or some special day, uh, Mother's Day or... Uh, I mean, you have to be real careful. Your brain really has to smoke on this one, okay? Whatever you do, don't mess up on this one because it's a test. It could be the day you had the cat spayed, but you got to remember that. <laughs> you just go through the whole thing, you know? How many's ever failed that test besides me, man? Come on, you're honest enough. Yeah, yeah. Boy, if you forget it, some of those things, you don't get a second chance. 
Now, if you get your woman, there are rules for keeping them. Okay? Never tell her no. Make sure lots of money are in her bank account. <laughs> Become a good listener. <laughs> That's your big weakness, isn't it? <laughs> it happens to men all the time. You're not listening to me. No, I'm not. The ball game's on. Wait for the commercial. Women never know how to wait for the commercial. Let her hold the remote every once in a while. <laughs> Here's another one. Become an expert in communication and talk everything through. Share with her your most intimate secrets and thoughts. Wait a minute. Never mind, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Strike that one. Use deodorant and take a shower. <laughs> That'll work. Never be afraid to ask directions. <laughs> Thank her and be genuinely appreciative whenever she gives you input about your driving. Accept all of her criticism with gratitude. <laughs> You're going to get it whether you want it or not. You might as well. Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything, right? Okay. Here's some fascinating facts. Now, listen, I'm going to sell this after the service to all you young guys that need help. Uh, here's some facts about women that you need to understand. Women who regularly nag men are much more likely to be run over by a truck. Abandoned while unconscious, are hit by lightning than those who just have nagging lower back pain or headaches. <laughs> I thought this one was good. In the Arctic, Indian women grind their teeth down, chewing animal hides to make them soft for their men to wear. In Wasco, men grind their teeth down trying to understand why their women can't balance their checkbook. <laughs> good stuff in this book. And I'm going to sell it right after the service. Some of the stuff in this book I can't say over the pulpit. But it's good stuff. It, it, it is good stuff. Today we're going to celebrate moms. Moms are special, aren't they? Uh, what, is, what are the things that your mom taught you? Linda came into my office and uh, she said she came in to check on me, but she actually came in to tell me she was having one of those moments when she was remembering uh, about what her mom. See, I, I, I knew that. I knew that. I picked up on that. She came in to tell me some of the things that her mom had taught her. You know, it's, it's interesting. Most of the times we do not appreciate our moms like we should until we're grown and we're out of the house. And then the older we get, the more we look back and see how great mom was and how good mom was to us. Um, never being able to eat that orange all by yourself. That's one of those moments that, that the kids will remember when they get a little older. 
We also recognize the fact that moms are not perfect and that they also need mercy, grace, and love. You probably realize today that your mom was not perfect either, even if she told you she was. Not even perfect. Have you ever said, what, I, what am I going to do with my mother? What am I going to do with my mother? Well, let me tell you, the Scripture gives us the answer. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What are you going to do with your mother? You're going to honor her. You're going to hold her in high esteem. You're going to love her. Why? Because she put up with you. Hmm. No one, absolutely no one, has a more powerful effect on the children than their mother. Have you watched the draft this week, the NFL draft? You notice the moms there? I didn't see too many dads. But I saw moms there, and I see these big old guys crying and hugging their mamas because their mamas stuck with them. Most of those kids that were drafted had a tragic story of how dad left the house and mom raised the kids on her own. And thank, thank God for moms who accept the responsibility, but I won't tell you what. They were there, and they were showing their mom a lot of love. Someone said this, mothers write on the hearts of their children what the rough hand of the world cannot erase. I thought, boy, that's good. What lessons did your mom teach you? <clears throat> if you was an airplane pilot and you was going to get your first job flying airplanes and you went to a commercial airline and when you went for the interview, they went in and said, oh, by the way, 50% of our flights crash. Would you take a job flying for that airline? I don't think so. But that's the way it is today in marriage. 50% of marriages fail. And we have all kinds of, of conditions today in our, in our church world. We have single moms raising children. We have, uh, we have dual families. We have blended families. We have all kinds of situations in families. And the story I'm going to share with you real quickly this morning, it could be a, it, in fact, it is a modern story. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about a man who had two moms. Uh, in fact, when I started reading about his story, I thought how modern this story is because some of the similarities in the way he was raised is the way a lot of our young people are being raised today. And it's amazing how his story relates to all of us. Both moms loved them very much. And both moms wanted the best for him. They lived in a culture of death. A time in history when all male children were supposed to be put to death. Jochebed, his birth mother, seeing that he was a, a, a favored child, this was her third uh, child, 
seeing that he was favored, seeing that there was something special. In fact, when you read that scripture, you might think that she was the only one that tried to hide her child from Pharaoh. But in reality, there was probably a lot of Hebrew wives that tried to hide their children, but just didn't get away with it. But when he was born, she saw, in fact, the family, if you read the book of Hebrews, you'll find out that the family uh, made preparations to hide him. And for three months, they were successful in hiding him from Pharaoh. And at the point where he, bega he began to be so large that they could no longer hide him, by faith they built a basket. They pitched it with, with pitch so that it would not sink. And they turned him loose in the Nile. And it's interesting, they turned him loose in the river that the other babies were being killed in because it was a culture of death. Death of infants, death of the newborn, much like today. So she sets him adrift in the Nile River, in the bulrushes, where that, where that little cradle, that ark, could not move. And she sets him free. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 16 says, And Pharaoh speaking, and he said, When you do the duties of a midwife, and he's commanding the midwives, who were there, uh, and their responsibility was help the Hebrews give birth to their children. When he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. A culture of death. One other thing about these women, both of them love children. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, She had compassion, speaking of Pharaoh's daughter. She had compassion on him. And instantly her heart went out. They lived, they both lived in a time in a culture of death, but both women loved children. Even Pharaoh's sister loved children. And when she saw Moses, there was something in her heart, even though she was not the birth mom, she, there was something in her heart that went out to this young baby, and she was willing to take this baby in. Some of you here in this place probably had two moms. You can identify with what's going on here. Both moms, and you need to understand this, both moms did everything they could think of to give Moses every advantage in life. Moses' mom, Jochebed, raised him until he was at the age, possibly about two years old, uh, when she was going to wean him. And then when, when the child was weaned, she took him and delivered him in to, to Pharaoh's daughter. But she, and she took advantage of those two years and invested in his life as only a mom could do. Gave him the best education that she could. Notice, Pharaoh's daughter gave him the best education that money could buy at that time. He had everything necessary to be a success in life and a success in this world. Acts chapter 7 and verse 22 says this about him. And Moses was learning all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Both moms doing their part to raise this young boy. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 says some interesting things. Both did everything they could, and you need to understand this. Both moms did everything they could, but only Jacob gave Moses the one thing 
that changed his life. Now, I want to encourage some of you today. Notice what it says. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Some of you have children that are, that are away from God. Some of you do not see any signs of them turning. But I want you to know you have planted some seeds in their heart. Moses was 40 years old before he made a decision to make a change. Why did he do that? Because in those two years that he was with his birth mom, she sang him the songs of the Hebrew people. She told him about his heritage. She told him about the God of Israel. She invested in that young boy's life. In two short years, she invested faith in that young boy's life. Now notice that 40 years or 38 years of living in Pharaoh's court could not erase. And when he came of age, you might be able to say it this way, when, when it, the light come on, when he was faced with a life-changing decision, it wasn't what he learned in Pharaoh's schools that he relied on. It was what was invested in his birth mom in those two short years of time when she invested the faith of Israel into his heart. Some of you don't see any signs of turning with your children that you have raised. They have gotten away from God. Things in their life is going haywire, and someone come up and said, pray. I'm telling you, I've got a word for you this morning. I don't care what things look like. I don't, I don't care how long a time. There'll be a point in time when they're going to have to come face to face with the appointment they have with God. And the light will come on. And the things that you have invested as a godly mom into the life is going to come back to their spirit. When he came of age, it wasn't Pharaoh's way that he went. He went God's way. A man with two moms. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. If you've done your part, I want you to trust God. Mom, if you've done your part, I want you to trust the seed. You planted the seed in their heart. What our moms taught us, we will never forget. Moms are all about, number one, influence. You may be discouraged today and you might think, I might have been a failure in raising my children. Don't you receive that? If you've done your part, if you planted seeds in their heart, I'm telling you, seeds are still there and the influence still works and the light will come on in the future. You never forget what mom has planted in your heart. I don't care how wild they get. I don't care how far they drift. At some point, the scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go. Train them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Train them up. That's your job. God, let God do his job. Amen? There'll be a point in time in the future at some point. It may be on their deathbed. But those seeds that you planted, moms are all about influence. The influence of a godly mom. Moms are all about example. You may talk about what you possess. The old saying is, actions speak louder than words. 
You may talk a good story, but your children are watching your example, and they're going to learn and catch more by example than they ever do by what you tell them. So after you have taught your children, then live the example in front of them. Amen? Every Sunday, every Sunday, we give an invitation and an opportunity for people to receive Christ. Why do we do that? Because at some point, we are praying that you will change. At some point, moms and dads are praying that their children will make a change, make a decision. Isn't that true? That's exactly why we give invitations. And you're here to honor your mom today. And I'm telling you, it'd be a great day to maybe make a change in the direction that you're going in life. It'd be a great way to honor your mom and receive the grace of God today. Steffi, will you come real quickly? My heart has been heavy all week. I, I got to tell you that when I got the news about what happened uh, to Doug, you know, it just, uh, it's just hard to get your mind around finality. Why is this moment so important? Because, folks, we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next hour. My sister called me, devastated this week, said her friend and her husband was on vacation, 50-something years old, running through the airport to change, to catch their connecting flight, and it collapsed and died instantly of a heart attack on vacation. Why is this so important that you really consider your future, especially your spiritual future? Because God loves you. God loves you so much. You see His love in and through your mom. You feel it. Today I want you to feel God's love and my concern and your parents' concern for you. I know we've had fun and we've laughed. <clears throat> the most serious thing you'll ever do is make provisions where you're going to spend eternity. I appreciate you, Jason, you guys coming home early from the beach. I really do. Shows already the importance. You establish that in your life because you're going to lead by influence and example as well. I appreciate you coming today. Appreciate all of you taking time out of your day to come and honor moms today. But in a few moments, I'm going to have everybody repeat a prayer. We do it every Sunday. And today, if you'll say it in faith, believe Him with all your heart, God's going to come in and make a change in your life. He'll change your direction. He'll change your destiny. Amen. Stand with me all across the building. All across the building. Everybody repeat after me this morning. Listen, if you don't know Christ, I want you to say it 
in faith today. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you today as the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Now give God a good hand this morning.